0: I'm like, right. all right. If I'm willing to like pay Target a whole bunch of money, you know, why wouldn't I pay my friend or whatever? But like, if you're not actually in the market <laughs> right. for the thing that Sorry, they're selling, I don't know
1: that I'm ever going to be buying sixty dollars like, shampoo. That just that's it's, not my world. It's just not in the cards <laughs> for me right now. You know,
0: it's just not in the cards for me. You're listening to Lead Them to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Ledum. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Lead to Life. I am back after a kind of planned, kind of unintended sabbatical for the last two weeks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To be totally honest, I went on vacation, and the one that I was uh, gonna record with ended up getting COVID, and so I thought, okay, I'm just gonna go on vacation, and uh, yeah, and then took the first week of the year off. So we are back in action, and it's gonna be an awesome, awesome year. I think of lead them to life. So um, thank you for for listening in. Thank you for all of your support this last year as we launched. Uh, it's just been such a gift to see the great fruit that's come from it and all the different people that are listening and starting additional conversations from there. So I, I feel like I'm coming out a little bit guns blazing with this episode. Joy, are you ready for this? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome (laughs) to lead into life. I'm so, I'm so honored to meet you and to, to get to know you. Our friend Connor uh, Flanagan connected us. He's like the world's greatest networker.
1: He totally is. He's just one of those people that like just sees people that could really bless other people's lives and makes it happen. And what a gift he has. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's either the great, the world's greatest networker or encourager. I'm not sure which title I would give him first (laughs) because he, uh, yeah. has He's really high up there with both. He's really high up there with both. He just does it so well. And, um, yeah. And when I, I had like posted something on Instagram and I'll get into this in a second about why I wanted to do this episode. And, um, and he texted me and was like, Hey, do you remember joy, her husband? I think you walked down the aisle with him at our wedding, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's like, no, but she sounds awesome. So I, I definitely want to meet her. Um, but, but yeah. So Joy, maybe to get us started, can you just introduce yourself? Where do you live in the world? That kind of thing. And then we'll dive into to, today's uh, topic.
1: Sounds good. So my name is Joy Wattenberger and I am currently based in Las Vegas, Nevada. People are always like,
0: what people? People live actually there? live so, in Vegas. Yeah, I
1: know. I know. Who knew? Um, they do. They have stores, grocery stores, and schools, and all sorts of stuff. Libraries, even. Amazing. Um, anyway, so yeah, we just live normal life here in Las Vegas. That is, uh, me, my husband, and I will celebrate ten years of marriage this coming year, and then I have three kiddos. My my two big kids are in elementary school, and then. We welcomed our third, our rainbow baby, on Easter Sunday this past year in the middle of a thunderstorm Mm. at the start of a pandemic. So he (laughs) has just been such a light in our lives. So we are just bopping along here. Um kind of trying to embrace, you know, the opportunities that living in the midst of the world as it is today has has given us. Um, so we are we, we decided to dive into homeschooling this year. And so that's what most of life looks like. It's basically just wrangling life in a house with all of us juggling. I am a freelance writer um, who is now kind of branching into some work in regards to um, intentional and integrated Catholic parenting.
0: Yeah. And we're going to get all into that because I'm a new follower and I think I might be a new top fan as well of your <laughs> of your Instagram account, Integrated Mama. It's just so good and You're every so every post that you put out really uh yeah, just speaks to some realities that that I am facing. Like I loved one that you had recently about being a recovering yeller or whatever. So we'll <laughs> we'll get into that too. But yeah, no you mark. just uh your intentionality in in parenting and in living and and living well is um, really, really attractive from my one conversation with you that we had before this. And then from following along with you, even on social media over the last two weeks, um, it's just been a great gift. So I'm so excited to chat with you about all the things. Um, I want to start with really kind of my trigger, if you will, for, Mm. for the, the title of this episode is, is mommy wine culture. And, um, yeah, I wanted to share a little bit of kind of why this has been on my heart and then really get your perception joy of what you kind of see as mommy wine culture. Um, I was, I was on Pinterest and I saw a mug or excuse me, a a wine glass that said, because kids. (laughs) And I was like, what the heck, man? What are, what are we, what are we doing? Like in, in some ways that's really funny And I acknowledge that. And then in other ways, it's like there's a subtle messaging behind that that I think is really detrimental. And I started to see it in a lot of different places, Uh, a very popular female comedian um, that really started to utilize uh, drinking as kind of a comedy bit for moms and it just made me pause, uh, and and this is perhaps a little bit of a sensitive subject to me because uh, alcoholism has kind of run rampant in a lot of people around me. Um, so so maybe I'm a little bit sensitive to it. Uh, but I just think that there's been this marketing campaign in the world, really targeting moms. And and the day before I saw that uh, thing on Pinterest, the because kids wine glass. Um, I saw a mom post on Instagram, her wine glass as a boomerang and said, you know, it's three o'clock it's time kind of thing. (laughs) And (laughs) and I'm like, Oh mama, I feel you. But also it just made me really pause and say, how are we, uh, how are we engaging with, uh, this messaging? Are we pausing and, Mm. and really thinking about this messaging? Um, And so, yeah, it just, it really kind of started to stir in me and uh, thought, I'd love to just have a conversation about what this is, what this means, what it looks like uh, with somebody that's also thinking intentionally. And for the record, I love wine. I love a good whiskey, (laughs) Coke. And I think you do too. I feel like, Joy, we should start like, what's your favorite cocktail? What's your favorite drink? I
1: love it. I love it. Um, Yes. I, I think that's, that's true. I, okay. Well, I guess to answer your question. Yeah. Like, I really want to know. My favorite drink is a gin and tonic. I would say that is, that's probably if I'm, especially I live in the desert. So there's a lot of days where it's a hot, you know, afternoon and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's like the perfect, you know, going into yes. your evening. Solid beverage. choice.
0: Solid choice. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like, I love that we're, that you're naming that and that, that, that question kind of came out of my mouth. Cause in no way do I want this conversation to be like anti-alcohol or uh, whatever. Like you and I, I think we would have a blast together, sharing a bottle of wine or whatever, you know? Um, But okay, so what's your perception though of kind of this mommy wine culture? What have you seen? How would you describe it?
1: I, I think that when I when I think of it, I remember one of the times, uh, one time seeing something that, that really struck me. And it, again, it was kind of like you said, it's that initial like chuckle and then pause. I remember it saying something like um, the idea of, it, w- it was a meme or something that was saying like the most expensive part of having kids is all the wine you have to drink. <laughs> I just huh. remember thinking like, oh, haha. but then like, there's just this pause of like, What is going on underneath that? And as I, as I think I reflect on what I see in culture, as well as what I, you know, perhaps related to, I think there's this piece that I was struck by that there's this underlying desire there, basically that mommy wine culture is reflective of, of a deep need of a deep longing. And I, and I was kind of, praying and thinking about what, what is that? What is underneath those jokes or those comments or, you know, this, this culture as a whole. And I think it's, I think it's two things. I think it's a need for support and community and a need for refreshment. Like so, first on the support and community side, I think we're talking about a situation where we have moms who are exhausted, moms who are completely fried, tapped out, and and needing a break, um, and 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 feeling like they are isolated, feeling like they don't have support in all of these different areas of their life. Like they can't accomplish it all. Like they don't have the help that they need. And and when we when in creating this mommy wine culture, it's almost like solidarity. Like there's another mom who also feels tired and doesn't feel like she can handle all of this. And it becomes, you know, this opportunity almost for like, Hey, I see you, you know, like the, the, the mommy wine time shirts or the tumblers or mommy juice, whatever those you're like at the park and you, you see that mom and you're like, Oh, look, another mom who is willing to admit that. She, she gets to whatever time of the day and is like, I'm having a hard time. And so I think that that's what strikes me initially is, is there's this, there's almost this um, desire to be vulnerable, to share, like, I I have days where the, the only way that I feel like I can make it through the end of this is by getting my glass of wine. And there's someone else who understands that. So I think that there is a good, you know, there is that that desire for community, that desire for support, and then on the other side, like that exhaustion, like yeah. I I am tired, I am stressed out, and and I need something to help me the refreshment, help me cope, to help me manage that. Yes, so I feel like it's good desires, right? It's this community, this support, this refreshment, but unfortunately, I think that it. It kind of, rather than elevating the conversation, rather than inviting people to acknowledge their real needs um, and to really help find ways to get those needs filled, it unfortunately just kind of cuts off at like a, well- we're all in this miserable place together or something mm. like that, which I think is is sad and and really short-sighted, especially when we think about motherhood or parenthood in general. I'm sure, you know, beer dads, there's there's kind of the male side of that too, perhaps in a lesser degree. But um, you know, I think that it's a short-sighted way of seeing our vocation and the fullness of of life and joy and abundance that God wants to give us through our families. And, and I think that, unfortunately, with that, there's also the potential for creating... Um, I don't think it's a great way that we want to present the way that we see our vocations and our motherhood to our kids. You know, mm, I, I don't more want about my kids... Yeah. Like, I think that one, I mean, our kids are watching us, like they see everything. We all kind of joke about it, but like how many times have we had heard our kids say something that we're like, oh, didn't realize you heard that. Um, Our kids are watching and they're learning and they they don't, they don't, our, our actions don't go unnoticed. And so I think that in a particular way, they're seeing us choosing, you know, this as our regular coping our regular way of coping, as well as as they get older, realizing what that means and the potential harm or hurt that that could cause. Uh, I never want my children to be in a situation where they look and are like, wow, mom really didn't like being around us. And the only way that she could survive motherhood was to be drinking through it. Like yeah. what kind of, you know, what message would that send to a friend or your spouse or whatever, if the only way that you could handle to be around them or make it through the day with them was if you were drinking. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's a message that it, it's really important to realize like, what message is this sending our kids? What message is it sending um, about just how we see them, how we see our vocation. And I think that it's important to, to kind of step back and say what can we do to address these underlying causes, so we're not just falling into to coping. Not to mention the fact that there's an entire an entire group of women, um, you know, who are sober or for whatever reason cannot participate in that culture. That I think, or, or perhaps they're working three jobs and they don't have time or money for a glass of wine at the end of the day, or or whatever it is. I feel like it it unfortunately creates. Um, I don't know, I think that there's people that it excludes, people who are still, you know, suffering from perhaps those same lacks, that lack of community, that lack of support, um, you know, that that need for refreshment, and and it excludes them from that. So I think that's where I see the danger kind of happening in these areas.
0: So when you're talking about um, how we cope, and and you use the example of, you know, I would never want my child to think, man, the only way that mom could get through, you know, parenting or our young years or whatever was by drinking. Um, But also, what do you think that does in terms of teaching our child coping mechanisms? Because that's something Mm. that you talk a lot about on Integrated Mama, this modeling behavior and teaching, um, you know, teaching as opposed to just disciplining or whatever. So using our behavior as a way to teach our children Um, Can you talk a little bit about about that? Like, how can we teach positive coping mechanisms through our behavior to our children? Or maybe, uh, you know, how detrimental is it to be um, teaching negative coping mechanisms Mm. via our behavior to our children?
1: Yeah, I, I think that honestly, it's one of the beautiful gifts that God gives us in parenting, right, is that we have this opportunity to kind of step back and reevaluate what are my choices? Because all of a sudden there is this small person who is who is imitating and learning from all those choices. And I think that ultimately, right, people, when, when you're talking about a situation where we're using alcohol as an escape we are teaching and modeling for our children to say when something is, un- when something unpleasant or, or difficult or exhausting is happening, you just find a way to escape that. And that's, I mean, how many of us do in many different areas of our lives, we figure out how to not deal with unpleasant emotions. And I think that that's a, that's a really big danger. And I think it does, it leads to these coping mechanisms, whatever they may be. You know what I mean? We can talk about mommy wine culture, but the truth is, Whatever. There's a hundred other ways that people might choose to yeah. to cope in unhealthy ways, rather than dealing with the emotions yeah. and finding ways to 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 experience those emotions and then to deal with them in healthy ways. And I feel like when we when we don't, when we choose to just escape rather than figuring out what do I need to do to say, this situation is causing me stress. This situation is making me feel out of control. This situation is what, whatever the negative thing is, and then choose positive actions to figure out how do I deal with this? Like, how do I recognize my emotions first of all? And then how do I choose a positive course of action that is actually really, really, Like leading to these things becoming resolved. And when we model that for our kids, we have children who, from a young age, are able to notice like, this is what I'm feeling. This is my problem. These are inappropriate ways of, or unhealthy ways, however you want to phrase it, of dealing with my emotions. And these are ways that I can actually be productive. These are ways that I can, um, you know, help figure these things out and, you know, experience them and, and move forward in a positive way.
0: So joy, what are some of the common, I think this would be really um, helpful because sometimes it's hard to recognize or see these things in ourselves. What are some of the unhealthy ways besides kind of that mommy wine culture that we're talking about? What are some of the unhealthy ways that you see commonly among Mm. uh, women and men? (laughs) And then let's talk about some healthier coping mechanisms that actually breed that refreshment and authentic community that you were talking about earlier, which is the underlying ache. So like the thing Mm. that's coming to my mind right away is um, one unhealthy coping mechanism is using like uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, scrolling feeds, searching news networks, whatever, as a way to distract myself from the unhealthy emotion. That's something that I feel like Mm. I struggle with if I'm stressed. I, yes. I find myself often like picking up my phone to try and it's a, it's fascinating, like when we understand the brain. I'm looking for a dopamine release. I'm mm-hmm. looking for a a a fix that's gonna calm my brain, calm my body, you know, when my toddler's yes. having meltdown or afterwards or whatever. What other things come to your mind?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think that yes, I love that one. I think that there's so many things that don't aren't necessarily bad again with yeah. alcohol, but it's, yeah. it's the excess, right? And yeah. it's choosing to use them. I think of, you know, any excess we, when we talk about binge watching shows on Netflix or yes. whatever, you know what I yes. mean? We're using the word binge. Like that is, is literally a word that we know is referring to like an unhealthy consumption of something right? like an in, like in excess. Yeah. Um, so that's a way to, you know, zone out for hours. Um, I, I think for me, what I feel like food is one, I am such a comfort eater. Like yeah. I have to consciously recognize like, oh my gosh, like I am turning to food for comfort when I'm missing it, you know, in my relationship with the Lord or in my connections and other relationships. So I think it's, yeah, it, it's these comforting things, right? These things that either provide us some level of, you know, a feeling of comfort or things that just allow us to kind of zone out and and forget about everything else that's going on. And yeah, basically like to numb those to numb yeah. those desires, which which is, really is what is, pornography
0: is yes. like that. Mm-hmm. That's
1: an example of something that's actually
0: like really evil and detrimental, excess mm. or no excess. But but that's at the heart of like what pornography users are looking for is it's an escapism, That, that, um, yeah, we're trying to avoid something else or that something in us is not being satisfied, that the ache is not being Mm. satisfied. And so we go and look for,
1: yes, um, something to fill that, fill that void. Exactly. Exactly exactly my husband has a beautiful and well I don't maybe beautiful is not the right word but like he has this analogy that he'll sometimes remind me of and it's this idea of social media almost being like a relational porn um Mm. that that when we are lacking in our relationships if I haven't had good conversations with my friends that week or whatever when I'm feeling disconnected and and not feeling like I have the connections and the friendships and the support that I need in my life like I am so tempted I just turned to scrolling because there is this it's false you know what I? I mean, I'm not truly connecting with these people, but it feels more connected. You know what I like yeah. it, it gives you in the moment this sense of like, oh, I'm connected to these people. I'm seeing what's happening in their life. I I'm I'm reading about, you know, their stories totally. or, or whatever. And not that it, again, not a bad thing. Different from porn, yeah. <laughs> but like from actual <laughs> yeah. porn, but um, <laughs> but there is this sense in which like. What what are we turning to? And I think that that's the thing that, unfortunately, sometimes in Christian culture, I think it can be easy to to pause at the negative action. It can be easy to say, what are mm. the what are the negative behaviors that we're choosing? You know, what what things are we indulging in in an excess? And criticize that rather than saying, what is the need? What is the desire? What is the longing that God has put on our heart that he desires to fill and that is is a good desire that when it gets twisted and pointed in the wrong direction towards an idol of any sort, it's not going to be fulfilled. It's going to leave us more empty and more miserable. But if we don't tap into what is that desire and then direct that towards the Lord, it's not going to get filled and we're just going to be trying to avoid, like, it's, it's just going to be a behavior modification. Like, ugh, we're just going to be like hanging on, you know, yeah, trying to avoid the negative behavior rather than entering into the richness of our Lord who desires to fill and overflow those longings in our hearts.
0: Okay. So let's follow that train of thought. Um, as we're looking at, okay, I recognize there's actually a deeper desire here. There's an ache here. Um, going back to your example with mommy wine culture, the deeper desire or ache is maybe connection and uh, solidarity with other people, and then a, a moment of refreshment, actually relaxation. What are some ways that recognizing those deeper desires, what are ways that we can uh, receive what God has for us really practically? Uh, Maybe Mm. via more healthy coping mechanisms or whatever that can tap into that longing or that can allow Mm. us to to kind of sit in that deeper longing that whatever it is that we're kind of looking for. What are some healthy things Mm. that you that come to your mind to be able to to do that well?
1: Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, is prayer. And I don't mean that in just a general, like people should pray more. And if they prayed more, everything would be okay. Um, I I think I mean that in like a really, especially, especially for parents or really any person, which I mean, who's not feeling fried these days, um, (laughs) But for all of us, like to take that time, I think, especially especially in silence, I think that there's so many beautiful ways that we can pray, right? But I think that especially for parents or for anyone whose life is filled with noise, yes, to, to really take that time, even if it's just like, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day of peaceful, silent time. Where you can surrender your heart to the Lord, where you can acknowledge to Him, these are the areas that I am feeling empty. These are this is the these are the struggles, the pain, whatever that I am experiencing. Where we can pour out our, our brokenness and our emptiness to Him, um, and then allow Him to fill that. I think that as Catholics, what a beautiful gift. And I realize perhaps in some ways this might be limited during covid but um the fact that we have opportunities to sit in the presence of our lord whether it's you know actually in eucharistic adoration or even just in a church that's unlocked and we go sit in the tabernacle where he's present we have the opportunity to sit in the presence of divinity our lord who wants to fill us and and In those moments, I think for me, Eucharistic Adoration has been a very, very important part of my life and my motherhood, I think, in shaping who I am, because you can show up there and it's not about what you do. I mean, prayer is really probably never about really what you do about what God's doing, but especially when you're sitting in his presence, like you can show up there with nothing to offer. You can show up there with no coherent thoughts. You can show up there with, with nothing. And if all you do is sit in his presence You cannot help but be transformed. I remember someone once giving me the analogy of like being out in the sun. Like if you're out in the sun, you don't have to be conscious. You know, it's not like you have to be interacting or like talking to the sun or thinking about the like the sun, the presence of the sun. Like it's going to hit your skin. It's going to be on you. You're gonna get warmer or you're gonna get a sunburn, whatever it is. And the same thing with the presence of the Lord and, you know, how much beauty and value when we seek to be, you know, as present as we can mentally or prayerfully, but even just being in his presence, it allows us to be transformed. It fills us in a way that you cannot receive anywhere else. And honestly, there's not really words for it. Like there's nothing that I can compare it to, but I I think there is, it's something you just have to experience in a sense and figuring out, I, I think that that is, often my, my, the thing that I feel like is most important is figuring out how to make that happen. Like we live in a world that has so much noise, has so many demands on us. And so often, I guess perhaps in some ways, this is an ironic thing. There's almost like this parallel, like on one side you have mommy wine culture. And then parallel to that, you have a culture that says that, that moms shouldn't not shouldn't, but don't really have time to pray in a deliberate or specific way, or do and anything for themselves. Yes, yes, it, it is kind of like this is the this is the thing you get. Like, okay, you can drink while you're making dinner. Yeah, or while like you're you barely have whatever. time to shower.
0: Kind of, yeah, yeah yes. thing, Which is <laughs> like, actually like, I'm sorry, the you're that's actually really interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but that's that really is. It's like the other extreme of mommy wine culture, of like mm. you. And, and moms, I think, um, being okay with that or, or surrendering to the fact that uh, I can't do anything for myself, I can't shower, I can't—and we kind of have uh, women that end up getting really lost. They feel so lost because they're not able to take that time for prayer or for other things that are going to be actually self-care. <laughs> you know, healthy self-care.
1: Yeah. Because if you are not, and I think that is something that is, is so important to focus on. Like if, if you are not getting filled up number one by the Lord, you will have nothing to give to anything else, you know, to your family, to your job, wherever it is. And I think that figuring out ways, whatever it takes, you know what I mean? To make that happen for me, it's a matter of like, I really lack self-discipline and I love to stay up late. Scrolling things on social media, probably, or maybe it's getting work done. Whatever it is, either way, he's staying up too late, and then I struggle to get up in the morning. For me, like a way that I had to really kind of figure out how to root out and remedy this was saying, like, I'm going to go to bed early. Hmm. Like I am someone who I need to get up early in the morning before my kids do, so that I have that time to pray, so that I have that time of of silence, so that I can kind of get myself in a place where I am refreshed mentally going hmm. into that day with them so that I'm not feeling like I'm always on the edge of just, um, you know, waking up to chaos and then surviving chaos until everyone can finally go to bed again. Um, you know, that's, that's not how yeah. I want to live. So I think that that's figuring out whatever that looks like for you is, is kind of carving out how can you get that time? Even if it's like 20 or 30, even if it's 10 minutes to start, you know, saying, what can I do? Like talking to some, figuring out how can I build that time into my life and allow the Lord to fr- refresh me there? I think that's number one. Um, so I think whatever discipline it takes to, to get to there, I think there's a second piece of um, figuring out communicating your needs to people. So often we don't take kind of along with this lack of self care. I think sometimes we don't even take the time to identify our needs or where we're lacking to ourselves, much less communicate that to our spouse, to a friend, to our parent, whatever, whatever our support system looks like. Um, You know, how many times is it like, you know, we don't even know where that connection's made. So I think yeah. that's a helpful thing is saying, how can I identify my needs and then share them with the people in my life and ask for help?
0: There's so much wisdom in that. And that can be hard because it in in some ways there's a vulnerability when we need to acknowledge out loud our needs. Yeah. And it can feel like it it's is. putting something on someone else. That's really hard. One other right. one that um, that kind of came to my mind as you were talking about, and I saw it on your um, Integrated Mama I'm going to call it an educational platform because I'm learning so much from it. Uh, But on your profile on Instagram, uh, I think it was actually you were talking about being a recovering yeller and how you can move on past that to find more healthy ways to communicate or whatever. And one of the things that you said um, was singing. (laughs) And I was like, that's a coping. That's a healthy coping mechanism. When our Mm. anger is rising, when our frustration is rising when we're in the heat of a moment or whatever. Um, And I think you even said like saying like, I'm so frustrated right now or whatever (laughs) it is, you know, but, um, but I just loved that there's a creativity there and that's, and there's a taking ourselves not so seriously there Mm, and um, no pun intended, but bringing joy, you know, to, (laughs) to a situation that we find ourselves in. Um, I, I just loved that. I think there's so much there's wisdom so much in that.
1: grace in these moments when we're open to it, you know, like God doesn't want us to be stuck in just coping and surviving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Obviously
1: that's like the point of your podcast. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So much yeah. more for us.
0: Yeah. Intentional living. Like how can we become fully alive that we're not just in this constant state of overwhelm. We're not just in this constant mm-hmm. state of, uh, especially as parents, especially as moms, um, we don't want to remain in that place and it's okay to acknowledge right. it. i I the other day I was coming down the stairs. I was, it was just me and the girls. I was, we were getting ready to go in the morning and I literally sighed out loud and it kind of took me by surprise. <sighs> this is a hard stage in life. Mm-hmm. It just, it just came out of my mouth and, mm-hmm. and I said it to myself, you know, so it's not like I was saying it to the girls or whatever, but it was like, I just, I just needed to acknowledge this is a hard, mm-hmm. this is a hard season yes. in life. Um, and yet the Lord doesn't want me to simply stay uh, in that. He wants me to experience the hard because there's a chisel that comes with that. But also that there's this really profound invitation that when he said I came so that you might have life and have it to the full, he means I meant that you might have life to the full today uh, yes. and, and to really encounter him today. Oh, joy! Yes. you have so much. Wisdom. And you're not alone
1: in it. And yes. I think that's the thing. You are not alone. And that's what. I think that's what mommy, that's why there's t-shirts. You know what I mean? That's why there's t-shirts. And so I feel like that's what we need to speak to people is like, you are not alone. This is hard and I am here for you. And I want to listen. Like, we need to be here for each other. We need to figure out how to support each other in bringing our needs to Christ.
0: Joy, I totally need to have you come back on sometime to talk about, um, to dive a little bit more deeply into parenting and just grace-based parenting and that kind of thing. Cause you've got so much, so much wisdom. So um, I'm asking you on- Air so that uh, you can't say no. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, I couldn't say no because you were such a delightful chat
0: with. <laughs> okay, so before we end, I ask every um, guest that comes on Lead Them to Life if there is a question that you have been pondering, and I I do this because I want this to be a place <laughs> with more questions than answers. Um, yes. And so the only rule is that you can't answer your own question. But I want to know okay. if there's just something that you have been thinking about, pondering about, um, that you could leave with our listeners to invite them to ponder as well. Um, yeah. And the only rule is you can't answer your own question.
1: All right. Well, it was kind of funny. Initially, the first thing that popped in my mind was, what a, What the heck am I going to make for dinner? That seems like it's the endless <laughs> That's of the a real but thing. In yeah. addition to that, <laughs> I was reflecting on the idea that I have been really pondering what does it mean to truly entrust the people that I love, especially my husband and children, to the Lord? Like what does it mean to really Dang. entrust and surrender them to him?
0: Yeah. Oh man, that's a good one to ponder. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm I'm like I gotta sit with I gotta sit with that. That's a great question. Okay, Joy. Well, this was an absolute gift. Um, hey, what's your what's your handle on Instagram for Integrated Mama? Is it is it just at Integrated Mama?
1: Yep, at Integrated Mama. It's integrated underscore mama.
0: Integrated underscore mama. I think
1: Yep. Joy Wattenberger. Awesome. I think if you search my name, it comes up too. Okay. So.
0: Well, and I'll take you on, on mine as well when this episode comes out. Um, but I just, yeah, I love what you're doing. I love your intentionality behind it. I love that this has just been something that's been on your heart to support other women and to have it be kind of a creative outlet for you. Um, perhaps a, your own healthy way of like teaching yes. and, and getting outside <laughs> of your, yourself or whatever. So um, for sure, for yeah, sure. I think that's beautiful. Well, it
1: was such a pleasure to chat with you. Yeah. Yes,
0: you you too, Joy. Well, I will tag her in the show notes, friends. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. I definitely encourage you to share it with your friends, not only women, but men as well, because I think men have a profound place in the world to help support uh, us as women, us as mothers, us as um, students, whatever phase of life you might find yourself in um, towards intentional living. And then share it with your girlfriends as well and continue to... Uh, draw each other closer to the Lord uh, via challenging each other to live more intentionally. Thanks so much, friends, and we'll see you next time.